All right. What's your Lily? Your beef? What would you beef? do if you got fined by an NBA coach, but you didn't play in the NBA? I would never even be in a situation to do that. Okay, so while Drake got himself <laughs> into that situation um, a couple days ago, Steve Kerr came out and he was telling a story about Drake, the rapper, in case anyone didn't know who I was referring to in first person. Um, and Drake made Draymond Green and Steph Curry late after a home game to the flight to go to an away game. They were going to LA that night and he was supposed to be at the airport. They called him like, hey, where are you? And he's like, oh, you know, I'm just hanging out with Drake. Like, I'll be there in a bit. Like, no big deal. So you're allowed, I guess, on the Golden State Warriors to bring, like, a friend or something on the flight with you a couple times a year. So Steph used his card to bring Drake on the plane. And when they get there, Steve Kerr's like, I'm finding all three of you guys $500. And Drake paid it. Well, that's, like, nothing to, like, someone like Drake. Right. But still, it's like the principal like, thing. It's like, imagine, you're not my boss. <laughs> imagine I got fined for everything I made somebody late to. Yeet. You'd be broke. I'd <laughs> be done. All right. Roll intro. This is Throwing Down with Jess and Lily. That makes no sense. You can be funny and not be offensive. The same way this is your workspace, this is my workspace too. It's never just sports. It's never just sports. It's never just sports. You'll be a little smarter, and we'll be a little smarter, and it will be great. I was close to being right. You know what's interesting? If you don't agree with this, then just turn us off. Oh, all right. On that note, we're throwing down. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back to Throwing Down with Jess and Lily. I'm Lily Caffey Levine. And I'm Jess King. And we have ample things to talk about so i'm going to skip the pleasantries and just jump right in to the obvious biggest news and as just like to say if you're living under a rock i don't know how to help you but there was an attempted coup at the capitol building last week um the day that we recorded last week's episode which is why we only put it out today or yesterday tuesday today's wednesday if you're watching this or listening to it um but there's obviously some really serious stuff happening in the government, um, and it felt kind of silly to put out our silly little podcast while there were serious issues and serious issues of, like, white supremacy and things like that going on in the Capitol. Um, A straight-up national like, security threat. <laughs> yeah, um, an attempted coup, an insurrection. Um, so it just felt like mm, us talking about Wild Card Weekend just didn't really feel appropriate at the time. Um, so... If you want to check that out, we put it out on Tuesday, and you can hear all of our old takes that were absolute garbage and how poorly. And then feel free to make fun of us because that's okay too. Yeah, I because don't worry, I'm gonna do it too. Um, but yeah, a lot going on. If you're stressed about it, I think that's completely normal. I'm stressed about it, just as stressed about it. We're all stressed. Everything's very stressful right now. But be safe. Um, yeah, I don't really. I don't really know. There's no really proper think... way to end on something There's like that no to make it less way to be like, Hey guys, there was an attempted coup at the Capitol building. Let's talk about football playoffs. Like, Please eh, go about the really rest deal. of your day but, but there is something there of like um, how sports does feel kind of silly sometimes and sports are our escape from reality. Um, and talking about sports is, but there are people like when everything was happening last Wednesday, like tweeting about like, I don't know, some, some MLB signing or something, and everyone was like, mm, read the room. I don't really think this is what we're going for right now. There's, like, some serious shit happening. Um, so 
yeah, I guess, I guess we'll just leave it at that. There's some serious shit happening. Um, watch okay. the news if you haven't. Yeah, watch the news, stay informed, be safe. Um, but on a slight segue from all of that into this. From one dumpster fire to another. <laughs> one dumpster fire to the other. Um, similar dumpster fire, same dumpster maybe, different fire. Um, Donald Trump wanted to give the Presidential Medal of Freedom to Bill Belichick, co- head coach of the New England Patriots. Um, it is the friendship between Trump and Belichick is well documented. Um, when Trump won the election in 2016, Belichick wrote him a glowing letter calling him like a, a good friend and stuff like that. Um, so Belichick's allegiances to Trump or loyalties or um, support of Trump is not something that's a secret. Um, there was a lot of controversy, for lack of a better term, when um, during a post-game interview, you could see Tom Brady had a Make America Great Again hat in his locker. Um, so the relationship between Trump and Belichick is something that's that's not old. That's not a secret. Like, people know about it. Um, and Trump wanted to give him the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Um, now, I found this on the White House website. I just did a little Google search. Um, the Presidential Medal of Freedom, a little bit of information about it. Um, this is fr- directly from their website. It is awarded by the President of the United States to individuals who have made exceptional contributions to the security or na- national interests of America, to world peace, or to cultural or other significant public or private endeavors. Now, um, I grew up a Patriots fan. I was a fan of Bill Belichick as the head coach of the Patriots. I don't think, just going to go out on a limb here, he qualify those accomplishments qualify for a Medal of Freedom. I um, was hoping somebody was going to bring that up. I was just going to hope someone's like, like, I, I'm kind of thinking we all had that do? reaction of like, what, do you, what is, I listen, winning was six Super Was signing Cam Newton so critical to the national security the, of Yeah, our and I was like, I thought I was like, okay, sick, he won six Super Bowls, but like, but Medal of Free, not, what was, what were those things listed? Right, like, like contributions to world peace, security, yeah. or national interest, like, Listen, winning six Super Bowls is no easy feat, but I don't think that that falls under the realm of Medal of Freedom. However, it's well documented, the friendship between Trump and Belichick. So it feels a little bit like, okay, he's giving this award to his friend. Um, Now. Yeah, yay. What? what? Like, what? And then he, he also announces this as, like, he's telling the white supremacists storming the Capitol that, that he loves them and that they're special. And I'm like... Oh, if we're going to talk about reading the room, you certainly are not. And like with that it. came like, out on like Thursday. It was almost like he was like <laughs> daring them to say no. I was and like, are shockingly, you- they said no. I was like, wait, did you? Were you, you saw what happened, right? Like, and you're just moving on to like, like I'm going to give the Patriots coach the Medal of Freedom. Um, Trump calls Billy's like, hey, uh, buddy, I just uh, I wanted to let you know, you know, this is on Wednesday. Try not to turn the TV on. I, I did something. I don't know. I think people are going to be kind of mad, but I think they always are just mad at me. So just don't turn the TV on. You're going to have a better day on Thursday. I have something coming your way for you. But just just don't turn on the TV. Don't even talk to anyone. Lock the doors and call it a day. Like, well, no. okay. So when this is announced that he's going to give it, I think we were all thinking the same thing. of like, oh my God, is he going to accept this? Um, and I'm not gonna lie, I didn't know. Like, I wasn't like, oh, no, he would never do that. I was like, I don't know. I don't know what he's gonna do. Um, and 
so basically, Bill Belichick did not accept um, the medal. He of said freedom. he will not move forward with the award. Which does that mean? Like, because this was what kind of was weird—the language of like not a denial. It's just I'm not going to move forward with the award, which mm-hmm. to me means I'm not going to go to Washington D.C. to accept this award rather than, uh, you know what? I don't even want it. Thanks. Yeah. So I think obviously not accepting it is without a doubt the right call. However, in, in his, I don't even know if you would call it a rejection in his decision. But that's what I mean. It's not really a flat out rejection of it. So yeah, that's the thing. And I I guess whatever he wants to do, it's just, that's just something that's like weird. Everyone's using not moving Well, so here's the thing is that if he had accepted it, that's the Bill Belichick tagline of accepted the Medal of Freedom the day after there was um, an insurrection incited. Um, And so Belichick has always been kind of this like, we're on to whatever, we're on to this, like doesn't, um, like doesn't get caught up in the drama or whatever. Um, so when it comes to something like this, where he's in this position of like, hey, you're kind of in this, the middle of this thing of like, this guy that just, that, I don't know, all this insurrection stuff and whatever is offering you the Medal of Freedom. And it's like, okay, he's either going to accept it and basically turn a blind eye to everything that's going on, or he's going to not accept it. And he didn't accept it, which was the right call. But I think in that he had this opportunity to call out the issues at hand of like, I'm not going to stand for this. Our organization doesn't stand for this. And he didn't. He, again, I think it's great. He didn't accept it, but I think he had an opportunity to really make a statement about like, this isn't something that we're going to stand by. And he didn't, he just kind of sloughed it off. Bill Belichick, the king, king of the spin zone. King of the spin zone. That's a good one. Um, so works it out in his favor. Again, good call, not accepting it. I just do wish he had taken that opportunity to be a little bit more um, outspoken against violence and basic things like that. But again, Trump is his buddy, so I don't know. I don't know where Bill Belichick stands. I would not want to be at that dinner table. Nobody knows where Bill Belichick stands on things like that. Um, And he he works very hard to keep that way. So... (laughs) Um, yeah, so on to our next dumpster fire that we could talk about. Di- completely different dumpster now. That was the yeah. same dumpster, different fire. This is a completely different dumpster. This dumpster is all the way sweet home Alabama. Sweet, sweet, COVID-infected Alabama. Alabama. So oh. on Monday night, Alabama shockingly or not so shockingly beat Ohio State 52 to 24. I was just more surprised at the over of like, I think it was 74 and a half or something or 75 hit on that game. It was crazy. Um, I mean, but that's college football for you. That's college sports, anything. They're always a little bit better. Um, So it wasn't really necessarily what happened during the game. That is the dumpster fire here. It is more the fact that students and everyone in Alabama after the game win, poured out of bars, houses, everywhere. They were hiding so quietly for the hours of the game near the campus of the University of Alabama. Um, traffic cameras and all types of CCTV feeds were seen showing them like running around the streets, maskless, in a wave of people that if you haven't seen the videos or pictures, look it up because 
there are times when I look at these things and I never think that we could be in this type of crowd again. And frankly, crowds like that, just looking at them make me uncomfortable. So this is something that's absolutely crazy to me. You know, they gathered on the strip by the University of Alabama and I have some facts that I want to talk about very quickly about COVID in Alabama. 5,000, more than 5,300 people have already died from the illness. Um, like over 400,000 have tested positive. There's about 14,000 people who tested positive in Tuscaloosa. And it's like one of the worst areas in the state already dealing with the virus. And there's currently around 175, 200 people that are COVID patients in the regional medical center near that city. So does it um, seem like a good idea to pour into the streets? After so here's my thing. No. And honestly, it's rare that I just get this, like, I don't even want to talk about it, about something. But I really don't have a lot to say on this because it's just, it is just the one point we've been trying to hammer home that people have been trying to ha hammer home for months now. Um, it was reckless. It was irresponsible to even have the college football playoff in the first place. Um, this college football playoff had the same outcome of like 50% of the college football playoffs that ever happened. Alabama won. Alabama is the best college football team in the country. I don't know why we had to contract thousands of COVID cases to confirm that. Um, when people argue why we need college football and then they continue to gather in a massive crowd to celebrate college football, they don't care about players and they fail to see sports and what sports are beyond their own entertainment. And it's reflective of this huge issue of players' rights and player safety, not just with, even with COVID, but with CTE and paying college athletes. People don't care about athletes. They don't. And they can say they do, but when you argue that we need college football and we need it at all costs, no matter what we have to do, no matter how many people have to get COVID to have it, and then you go out and celebrate it in the street in a massive crowd, you don't care about players. Don't sit here and act like you do. You care about your own entertainment. And it was just a reckless thing. And someone, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember who tweeted it and I lost the tweet, but someone said, I wonder how many people had to die to confirm that Alabama was the best college football team in the country. And it's really the kind of thing where we have to sit here and no one's going to, no one it, that it matters does this is going to do it. But we have to sit here and reckon of, was that actu actually worth it? Was it worth the mitocarditis that, that athletes are gonna get? Was it worth the people that are in the ICU? Was it worth the COVID cases? Was it worth the COVID deaths? Absolutely not. It just wasn't. I just, I just, I can't sit here and argue anything else. And if you disagree, I don't know. I really don't know what to tell you at this point because it's like, this is completely out of hand. There are 300,000 cases a day and there was a crowd of a thousand people in Alabama. They're at, yeah. They don't have ICU capacity there and there's people partying in the streets. And I, yeah. I, I just don't know what to tell you at, at this point. Why is college football a bad idea right now? Because of something exactly like this. And if you look at the pictures, you'll get it. And I, unfortunately to say, would not be surprised if Alabama's entire state of COVID infection rate goes up very quickly. It's skyrocket. It's going to fucking skyrocket. You, you, um, that maybe people, yeah. also, this wasn't like, it's just stupid. People weren't wearing masks. They weren't wearing masks. They were out partying in the street and they weren't even wearing masks. It's the absolute least you can do. It's the absolute least you can do. Yeah. It's so, just a little silly. This is, this is where it gets dark. Like, sorry, it didn't have to be this way. It just didn't. It never had to be this way. And it, mm -hmm. and it was, and people did that. And no one's going to really see the consequences of that because it, it's very easy to detach yourself from them, especially when you're the one making top dollar to make those decisions. But 
there are consequences for it. People are getting sick. People are having long-term health issues. People are dying and it's not fucking worth it. And I can't, it's, it's getting harder and harder to sit here and argue that because people don't seem to get it. People don't seem to understand that. And even, and people have said a thing, I've heard this of like, people don't, um, get COVID, people don't understand the severity of COVID until they get it, which first of all, you should understand the severity of it, even if you're not personally affected by it. Second of all, people are getting COVID and still not understanding the severity of it because people get COVID and they're like, oh, well, I'm immune now. So I'm going to go out. And I'm like, okay, first of all, just a little tidbit of anything. They don't know a lot about the, what your, the antibody situation is with immunity because it's now NBA, NBA players are getting it for a second time. So they, we, for you to just sit here, for you, the non-doctor, the non-epidemiologist to sit here and be like, oh, well, I'm immune now. Are you? Are you? So this is completely out of hand. And I don't know when people are going to get on board. Honestly, I don't. I just don't. So, so should we go on to our next dumpster <laughs> so, fire? And then I swear we on. have kind of good news afterwards. We have some good um, news. We have more garbage football takes. So you know what? I'll put the little time stamp in the thing. So if this is depressing to you like it is to me, just skip yes. forward to my skip garbage football takes. takes. Make fun of me on the internet for how my bad football takes. We will all have a much better time doing it. Um, so should we go through last let's week's? Talk, Jessica, let's talk about last week in the NFL. Um, Yay, I just I'm say, nervous with the tone that you just <laughs> I just want to say we should both eat our words because we both sat here all high and mighty last week and said, oh, abs- we both absolutely with the utmost confidence yeah. picked the Steelers over the Browns. I'm I was 50-50 saying- on my I'm not uh, saying guesses. that that was necessarily a bad take of all the bad takes I've had. but No, that damn, game was Cleveland, just simply shocking. Damn, Cleveland, you proved me wrong, and I am happy to be proved wrong. It is, um, it is shocking. Um, if I was a Steelers fan, I would be embarrassed. <laughs> but I'm not, so I don't really care that much. I mean, yeah, I guess I picked that the Steelers were going to win, and now I'm eating my words on my podcast again this week, but whatever. I mean, I'm not fun. a Steelers fan. No, truly, congratulations to the Cleveland, Cleveland Browns on what can only be described as a continuation into 2021 of the absolute weirdness of 2020. The mm-hmm. Browns beating the Steelers in Browns the wildcard game is – is I know 2020 is over, but like that is something where I would have tweeted That's so, so 2020, 2020, so 2020. Um, but it does make for fantastic football. Other fantastic football, Bills game, freaking awesome. spectacular, down to the wire, anybody's game, and then the rest of the wild card games were like fine. Like they were fine. Yeah, Titans <laughs> Ravens. Like, I picked the Titans <laughs> to win. I lost, obviously. I picked the Ravens, and I felt good about that. And I felt good. I was psyched that I was right because I honestly didn't think I would be. Um, you also picked question mark for Ram Seahawks, which oh yeah, honestly I picked the Seahawks, and I was wrong. And I said before the game started to my friends, I was like, as somebody who had Russell in fantasy football, it's either a really good game or a really bad game. I would like to see him just wake up and feel like being mediocre for one day, because then maybe he kind of would have won this game. It just mm-hmm. I so, it's zero to a hundred with this guy. My last thing on last week is that my absolute imposter syndrome when I was talking about what I thought the Bills were going to do, I feel completely validated in that now because of the 
of the fact that they won in the game that they won. Like the absolute like nerves I was feeling of like, why do I think they're going to be so good in these playoffs? I feel so validated in that because they were And Josh Allen's a freaking superstar. So that whole little like freak out of like, I was like sweating and trying to like justify picking the bills to win the Super Bowl. Um, I feel validated in that because I think they can do it. They're not my Super Bowl pick, but I think they could do it. I hope, I hope they pull a Cleveland Browns on me and prove me wrong. I think that would be really fun. Um, so now that we are heading into the divisional round, let's take picks. Okay, Bucks versus Saints. Who you got? Saints. Okay, same. Well, because they're my Super Bowl pick. But um, Okay. So it's the battle of the old people, and I love it. Sorry. Was I know. That- is that mean? No, I feel bad. Okay. But uh, first of all, Tom Brady was the that tweeted that out first. The same exact thing. No, but I also think that the um, the Saints O line um, and like their defense far outmatch the growing but new chemistry from the Bucks. Like I think. Yeah, the Bucks, you know, ever since the Bucks signed Antonio Brown, I've had a certain distaste in my mouth for them. Okay, so I was actually talking about this during the game of like, I was like, I don't, I'm not rooting for the Bucks. And everyone's like, oh, you're mad at Tom Brady. And I'm like, no, honestly, I, people, I, everyone, like, just accuses me of, like, having all these Tom Brady issues. Okay. I really don't. You're, you're a Boston girl. It's okay. I know, but I just I – don't, I don't have a dog in the fight. I really don't. I'm happy for him, whatever, move on. Um, and I'm not, a, I'm not a grudge holder. I'm really not. No, I – so I don't want the – my not wanting the Bucks win has absolutely nothing to do with Tom Brady and absolutely everything to do with Antonio Brown and the fact that they signed him. That's really it. Like, I'm just like – Yeah, I'm just straight up pissed about it. Yeah. Every I'm week like, – I get re-mad about it. I know, because everyone's like, yes, Antonio Brown's going to win us the Super Bowl. And I'm like, oh, that's what that's how Over you want to go down? my dead body. I'm like, that's how you want to win this? Um, so, yeah. Uh, also, I just do think that the Saints – but the my actual football point in that was that I think while they have these good players – they haven't been together very long where I think the Saints and the Saints is the, the Saints is the Saints, um, Saints offensive are. line and defense can well outplay that. So that's why I'm picking yeah. the Saints. Um, All right. Then we got one. the Browns and Chiefs. Okay. So I was reading um, the ringer was, did their like fantasy, not fantasy, um, their playoff picks. And Kevin Clark had a really good explanation for one of his, which is Occam's razor, which means like, it's like the simplest explanation is like the right explanation or the best explanation or whatever. And that's why I'm picking the chiefs for this is because the simplest explanation just is Patrick Mahomes is superstar quarterback. And as much as I am so stoked for the Browns because I love an underdog, um, they're just, they're not going to beat the chiefs. If they do, I'd be happy to eat my words next week, but there is just not. I'll be flabbergasted if they Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes. Yeah. I'm going to take the chiefs on that one. I just don't. I feel like it's moving on. Moving on, um, yeah. Ravens, Ravens Bills. Bills. Um, at the same time. Cute. Um, I'm picking the Bills because, okay, I actually, I never actually, like, wrote, did, like, marked a, or made a note for, like, an actual reasoning for this. So I'll read you the note I made myself to come back to that I never did. Bills, because I can no longer trust myself, comma, Josh Allen. I don't, I don't, you can interpret that how you will. If you can trust anyone, you could trust Josh Allen. I can no longer trust myself, but I can trust Josh Allen. If you can't trust anyone, at least you can trust. And Um, I mean, I think my, I think I'm going to take the bills on that too. And I think mine's for the same reason as you. I just don't, like, I would rather have Josh Allen as my quarterback than Lamar Jackson. I don't 
get Lamar that's Jackson. That's a hot. T- that's a hot take. There, I never understood him. He kind of bothers me. I don't understand. I get you're really fast, and that's great. And literally, literally, run with it. But why? I also have like a distaste for the fact that he doesn't use the weapons that he has, and like that's the point of having people on your team, like on your offense, like stop taking the thunder away from them. And yes, people will say, you know, well, maybe they should be better. We'll say it's fake. (laughs) But also like, I just, I cannot for some reason, well, for those reasons, I cannot get behind Lamar Jackson. Like, oh my God, I'm so glad he won a playoff game. Like, no, I don't. I don't, I don't care for him. I think he's, I've never heard anybody say that before, but I mean, you do you. Um, yeah. Okay. Rams Packers. You Packers. Yeah. I mean, I'm the, the, again, I'm going with another Occam's razor here, but also Packers because Rogers is an MVP quarterback. And I think honestly, because I know I picked them, but I think, I I don't know that the Rams won more than this. I I don't know if it was the Rams won or that the Seahawks lost. You know what I mean? That's what I'm, that's, it's because they got lucky that yeah and like did the Rams win or did the Seahawks lose yeah an off game that was I mean that was the the matchup last week that you and I grappled grappled with the most was yeah we take the Seahawks who are either going to show up or not show up or the Rams in their like eight who are just gonna go like this like yeah like they're just Um, gonna go it ended up being the Rams but I don't think um but yeah, so I think that the Rams, I think the Rams made it as far as they can with what they're working with now. Um, yeah, I think the Rams are just mediocre and they did fine. Like they, if they lose this weekend and their season's over, like pat on the back to you guys for making it that far. You're not a terrible football team and you're not the best. You're just okay. And you you're made it pretty far. Just okay. Um, but I also do think that, yeah, I don't know what I was going to say. Oh, my Super Bowl pick is um, Kansas City, New Orleans. What, what did I say? Green Bay? Kansas City, New Orleans is my Super Bowl pick. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and I'm s- still sticking with that, obviously, because none of those teams are eliminated from the playoffs. Man, I don't know. I don't know what you had either. Tom Brady in another Super Bowl? I didn't pick one. I don't think it's going to happen. Listen. I don't think so either. I'll be sad. I think maybe – I don't know. So should we so move we on to about- – yeah, NBA? so the well, I have we oh. have one more little bit of thing that this is like right. your and my one of our collective favorite things is SpongeBob SquarePants. So um the Bills, we said super fun game, super good football, super good, awesome football. Um, just really great to watch. And that starting the tone for the wild card weekend was a bummer because all the games were kind of like eh after that. Mm-hmm. Um where I, everyone's like glued to the TV for the first one. However, the game on Nickelodeon, freaking phenomenal. And like it, if you were watching this this game, the Bears Saints game on a regular CBS broadcast, you were not oh, watching absolute the same trash. Game Abs- that was on absolute trash. Um, no, so okay, I think we have like two perspectives on this. You have, I think, some really good Nickelodeon perspectives on this, I think, and I, then I'll share my, like, broad strokes observations. 
So why don't you okay. why don't you give us the the Nickelodeon lowdown? The booth, great. I mean, I wish I could. Do you cringy. think I can find a slime effect on Premiere to edit in here? I'll look. I'll see. If I, I can hope figure so. out how to do that. I'll figure out. How, I'll try to figure it out. Okay. Huge go on. slime from my hands now. So, young Sheldon from this Big Bang Theory spinoff, being on the little animated graphic to pop up to explain penalties to kids. Great. Let me just actually preface this all by saying that this was a great idea for Nickelodeon to try to get a younger audience viewership for the NFL and to schmooze them a little bit before like their contract deals are up and stuff. And it was super creative. But although it was super successful for people like you and I, our age, you know, we're like 23 years old. It also didn't- Almost. Four days to my birthday. Um, (laughs) It just didn't really- I don't think it accomplished the goals that they wanted to because it was really like a stroll down memory lane oh, wait, over really? getting new kids. I mean, it was weird because not a lot of kids- no, you, fi- you finish your point and then I'll chime in. You finish so your point. So not a lot of kids like watch cable anymore. And like, I'm sure I really didn't read a lot of stats on how their viewership demographic broke down but a lot of the articles I was reading and when I went on Twitter after the game everybody was talking about how they're so nostalgic and nostalgia wins every single time I mean young Sheldon you had Spongebob's face over the goals post which like I really didn't like that at all I think it kind of took away from watching the football go in into the post whatever it was weird green slime touchdown hell yeah and I appreciate so much how much hard, like, ha- wait, so much, how much hard time and effort was put into making it all so perfect. Um, Sean Payton got slimed after the game, which is, was anything I could have asked for and more from the whole thing. Um, comparing Drew Brees and Taysom Hill to fucking SpongeBob and Patrick, that was hilarious. Having a 15-year-old girl on the, in the booth with them also, genius idea. I think everything was done very critically, but I, I wouldn't really say, and I don't really know the stats on it, but was their goal really accomplished in gaining new viewers? Like, I don't okay, know. so I like that you kind of ended on that question because that's a little bit of what the way I viewed it in that, first of all, just to start out, Richard Deitch, who's um, like the media reporter for The Athletic, um, he wrote two columns on the Nickelodeon game and why, A, he thinks there's going to be more of them in the future and also kind of like what went into it and things like that. Um, CBS says, he tweeted this at 11.45 this morning. CBS says the Saints, Saints Bears drew 30.653 million viewers on Sunday, um, 28.592 million on CBS, 2.061 million on Nickelodeon. The Nickelodeon number exceeds what I believe those execs expected. It is the most viewed show on Nickelodeon in nearly four years. So first of all, it brings a ton of traffic to Nickelodeon. What the demographics of that traffic were, we don't know. Um, was it kids? Was it people our age? Was it adults? However, um, I did read his column about, um, about the game on Nickelodeon. First of all, it, sorry to swear when we're talking about like the kids' like TV station, it was fucking fun. Like, it was really fun. It was really awesome to just kind of have, like, like you said, a little bit of nostalgia and things like that. But second of all, this was a really, I think this was a really, really good idea. But good ideas, as we know, can only be so much. More so, it was executed so well, like you said, and in every way from the graphics to the engineering to the commentary. 
Um, the commentators were phenomenal, and I think they were very clear. They did a really good job at explaining things. They get a, did a really good job of making it fun and also making it like educational. Sorry to like buzzword it there. Um, so with hopefully with how well done it was, they will continue to do things like this for other leagues for like put it on the put the WNBA on Nickelodeon get kids into the WNBA that's what I'm saying um but I think the broader picture of this and again we don't know the demographics of who was watching it necessarily but I think we can there is it is fair to assume a little bit that there were kids watching on Nickelodeon um and the whole thing that the NFL was doing was to engage the next generation of fans um and which is super important because when you don't have like the passion for it and when times are changing and stuff like that, you want to ensure that you're, you're going to have a fan base in the future, um, especially with how our attention spans are getting shorter and there's so much content to consume out there. Why is it, why are people going to spend four hours on Sunday consuming your content? Mm -hmm. So the other big thing that I was thinking about in watching this is that I think there is no secret. There is a huge issue of accessibility in sports. Um, so now I'm in the position where I'm in a place in my life where I can talk and write about sports and I was able to choose it as a field of study in college because of the immense, the immense privilege that I've grown up with because of my race, my economic status, my geographical location, all of that. The only reason I have any of this is because of the privilege that I grew up with. Um, and I think we often are very quick to assume that sports are accessible to everybody because of the success stories that we see of athletes working their way to the league and then pulling their families out of poverty and pulling their families out of poverty and things like that. But those success stories that we see are really only 1%, about 1% of the athletes that even make it to play in college. So few people actually make it to a place in life where they can play sports professionally. Even WNBA players who make it to play their sport professionally have to play overseas to make a living. They don't get paid enough. Um, so if you're a kid that wants to talk about sports or write about sports or play and you don't know how to play the game and you need to learn the game, that's something that takes resources. It takes books and reading and an internet connection and cable. Um, and it's unfair to assume that everybody out there has that because again, we're, we grew up on the East coast, like the North Northeast, like people around us did have those things. There are parts of the country where people don't have those things. There are parts of our own communities where people don't have those things. Um, and I think we're, it's very, people quickly forget about things like that. So being able to have cable to watch a game on Nickelodeon is one of those privileges. Um, but just putting it, the sentiment behind putting a game on television gives those kids who don't know about football or whose parents don't know about football or whose parents don't have the time to sit with their kids and watch and explain a game to them. It gives those kids a window into not only making it fun and enjoyable, but to be able to teach them about the game. There were teaching moments in the broadcast on everything from analytics to basic rules. So hopefully they can continue to do things like this so that kids who are interested have the opportunity to consume and even making it more accessible. Put a game on PBS. I grew up watching PBS and I loved it. Um, and so I think that there are a lot of important ideas behind something like this of making sports accessible to kids, not only to create the next generation of sports fans, but the next generation of athletes and sports writers and sports commentators and broadcasters and things like that, because it is something you need access to do. It is something you need to have resources to do and not all kids have that. So I think making those resources as accessible as possible is super important. And now Nickelodeon isn't necessarily one of those readily available resources to anybody, but I think it's definitely a step in the right direction. And then again, at the at the risk of oversimplifying it all, it was very fun. Like the slime zone, Five awesome. I, I don't know if you saw the thing where it was like, I don't know who tweeted it and I'm sorry, I keep forgetting who tweeted these awesome things that I see, but 
someone's like they should slime play- baseball players when they run in for a home run. Like that would be awesome. Think of how many people would, would love watch, baseball again. Like if I could see an NFL coach or player get slimed every week. That would Amazing. Be the they already dump Gatorade on them. Fandom. They already dump Gatorade on them. Make it slime. Make it slime. Right, exactly. So um, I just I just thought of that WNBA idea now, but like do it. Right. CBS, do it. Put WNBA games on Nickelodeon. Teach kids about the WNBA, about the history, about the players. Let's do it. Let's get involved. Let's make it popular. You th- you don't think enough people are watching it? Put it on another freaking station so that kids can watch it. All right. Should we just like totally non sequitur it into the next thing? Yeah, let's just hit them with it. So I just have two pop culture references that I would like to make in reference to this next topic. Um, if anybody's ever watched the show Parks and Recreation, the my first reference is from that when um, Leslie Nope, the star of the show, they take over the next town over called Eagleton because they like ran out of money. I think is the pre- like the premise of the episode. So they run out of money, um, and so she gives a presentation at their first new budget meeting or whatever, and she holds up a PowerPoint, and it says, she holds up her PowerPoint, and she said, you blew it super hard, complete, complete buffoonery. NBA, you blew it super hard, complete buffoonery. My next pop culture reference is that Tyra Banks meme when she's like, we were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you because we were NBA. I spent all summer loving the bubble and feeling so good about the fact that my favorite league figured out how to play and not have COVID cases. And I felt so good that I got to root for you guys and celebrate it and feel so psyched that you figured out the way to have sports and not give everybody COVID. And you know what? You blew it. Super hard. Complete buffoonery. Because now, all of that great work that you did with the bubble, frankly, I think it's ruined. It doesn't matter. Because you've totally, you totally beefed it. You totally screwed it up. And it doesn't seem like you're trying to do better. Would you like to it's, have a rational point here before I keep going? <laughs> it's, it's weird because it's so true. Like the, we were all rooting for you. The bubble did so great. And now it's just like, it's, it's a shit show. I mean, that's the only word I can use to put it. They just came out a couple of hours ago with new restrictions that the NBA and the NBPA players, the players association came up with. Um, because after the last 10 days, such an outbreak across all leagues in the NBA, um, they had no idea what to do about it. They were overwhelmed by it. And so they come up with these new things for two weeks as a temporary until they can all decide on new ones, which is like, why is it taking so long for us to come up with these restrictions? That's what I don't understand. And here are some of the things that are I want to highlight that are just a little weird for me. So some of these things, I'm not going to go through all of it. Some of the changes includes outlawing hugging and other physical interaction between opposing players before and after the game, as well as reducing social interactions during the games, including tapping hands and after free throws. Um, The NBA plan is also enforcing the wearing of masks by coaches and players on the bench during games more strictly as well. Didn't we go over this when the NFL players were all fined like thousands of dollars for not wearing wearing masks masks. on the sidelines? And even when they they, when they didn't wear them, they got COVID. Weird the way that happens. And also, um, 
this is going to sound a little self-righteous, but this is how I've been feeling ever since I recovered from COVID. Like I did so much research on it and like how contract tracing helps and how many days you really should be waiting in between. What the fork is the point of like, I get the point of limiting the stuff during game days, but that doesn't matter. It's not because their only reason they're saying game days, I think is so that they can play the game later, but that doesn't matter because if you guys are, if they arrive in LA from Milwaukee one day on a Monday up, nobody can leave until we all get back to whatever we were doing, you know, when we get to the arena and stuff like that. So don't go near anyone, follow these rules, these game day policies. Okay, that's great. But what about what each individual player, like 14 to 16 people did three or four days prior? Because you're not going to feel it for a couple of days. Like when they contract it, they have five days before it kind of gets in them and is then contagious. So I don't understand this. And another thing that bothers me that we've seen across all sports leagues when it comes to contract tracing and actually contacting the, contracting the virus, they wait, they're, they're putting them on these quarantines for four days. I'm sorry, but I was sick for like four days. I had to sit inside for 10 days. This is what we are doing. So where the hell are they coming up with these numbers from? I just don't understand it's, it. It's it like really does feel like they're like pulled out of, like out of thin air. I'm like, where do you just forming it? And it makes no sense because as a whole, the country should be held to the same standard of how to deal with coronavirus. So then we have athletes who are coming back to their communities and getting everyone else sick. Yeah, I don't hang out with the New York Knicks on a daily basis, but I know for goddamn sure when they get back to New York, they want to go where they go to get food to eat, they go to pick it up, and then it's all over. So I'm sorry that I just do not understand they're just saying things to stall the public so they don't get outraged because I think that no one else is outraged anymore. I think everyone's like, oh, you know, the NBA did such a good job with the bubble. They're fine. They're doing good. But now we're all freaking forked up. Like, it makes no sense. It just got really dark in my room after that monologue. It's, I, the sun completely set, like, on us during this episode. Like, it's Super dark out. Weird. I'm just it was light out when we started. Okay. Um, no, I think the, I think we have all, people have adjust, rather than trying to end Corona, people have just adjusted it into their normal lives, um, which isn't going to fly. Like, that's not how we're going to, that's, that can't be how we do this. And first of all, tons of games have already been postponed. Um, I think, I believe the Celtics game for tomorrow is now canceled as well. Um, and one of the, uh, like, yeah, so these fake, like, restrictions or whatever, I just have to say, so we're not hugging or interacting um, during, like, but you before, can after games. all over me. But you're guarding up in someone's face? Like, no, but I'm I can't sorry. high-five you after a free throw. No, we're not high-fiving, but you're going to guard up in my face and be my breathing? We're, you're breathing into somebody else's face. That's how it's, tra- that's how the virus is transmitted. So if we're going to talk about, like, okay, what precautions... Have, have we not already taken that are actually going to stop COVID from spreading? It's not fucking playing. That's the precaution that needs to be taken. And they were just, they wanted to start the season on Christmas. They wanted to get it done. They didn't want to do it in a bubble. They had the option, not that they had the option. A lot of players have come out and said, or a lot of players have said that 
um, the bubble does take a toll on you. And I, I wasn't in the bubble, so I, I can't say that I know that, but I believe them for sure. Yeah, but and you yourself quarantined. Yeah, I mean, I'm March, in my own bubble. April, <laughs> May. You know what I mean? The January. same kind of analogy can be um, translated over to all the well, other people and I'm, who are- I'm like, okay, I'm not saying we need to do the bubble- but I'm saying we can't be doing, we, I'm not saying we have to do the bubble, but I'm saying we can't be doing this. Like this can't be the answer because it's not working. They were going to let fuck, they were fucking going to let fans in at they some still point this are, season. So I don't understand. I'm reading this thing right now and it says nothing about that, but yeah, let's bring fans in. That's great. Totally so, wonderful I mean, idea. This is- and- these these the precautions that they're co- the the precautions that they're coming up with like on a panic basis they're just completely showing that there is a complete and utter lack of ability to understand and grasp how this virus actually works when all of the information on do- on how it does work as far as we know is readily available and I would also, love to sit in on these meetings people have been would tweeting about this a lot people have been tweeting about this a lot that um, this league that has like a fucking stat. Sorry, I should stop swearing so much. A league that has a stat for literally everything that's been done in the league since 2008 needs to be better with their contact tracing. Um, and yeah, oh, my overarching point on this is that in the big picture, grand scheme of things, this is the league that is supposed to be empowering their players the most. But their lack of care when it comes to both the short-term and long-term health of players and their families is absolutely despicable. This is the league that empowers their players, but you don't care about their health. There were over 69,000 cases when the NBA restarted the bubble on July 30th. When the NBA restarted not in the bubble on December 22nd, there were over 201,000 cases. That's not total. That's per day. So it's frankly, it's ignorant and arrogant to think that you can resume as normal without far better precautions in place they should have done yeah. it they weren't ready they weren't ready and they're proving that they weren't ready because they have absolutely no contact tracing they have absolutely no grasping on how the testing's working on the quarantine periods any of that and now they're canceling games because they have too many players out sick with covid and i'm like reading these things like on the road requirements and stuff like when they're on a bus or on a plane or whatever and then even sitting in meetings however you will who you will sit next to benched is who you should be sitting next to like on the flight and on a bus and in a meeting. But what about the locker room that they share? And the What about the indoor and what the about the basketball? indoor enclosed space that we're all breathing on each other in? But no, you can't have a meeting for more than 10 minutes, but Oh, yo, let's play some freaking man-on-man defense scrimmage. I know, we're playing, like, man, we're playing man-to-man what? coverage. And they're what? like, but don't high-five each other. And I'm like, I literally am like, the people that are making these, like, no-hugging, no-high-fiving. They're like, they have these no-hugging, no-high-fiving rules. I'm like, did you, have you ever watched basketball before? Just genuine question for the audience. You ever watched basketball before? Because I feel like I just, that's, I feel like you're kind of missing the, the contact here. But, I, I'm also what? like a I'm little there, insulted so. like by the simplicity of these changes that they've made as if no me, hugging a random bystander NBA fan would just be like oh well you know no high fives uh, on the free throw line so everything's okay the NBA and Adam Silver are gonna stop COVID no I see you. I see through it. It makes no sense. Why are you talking to me like I'm an idiot? That's what I feel about this press release. Um, So honestly, 
I don't know what's going to happen. Obviously, no one knows what's going to happen. My only hope right now is that on like a lighter-ish note, the NHL returns tomorrow. And when I say only hope, I really only mean the uh, northern regional teams in Canada because they're the only ones whose government's like, hey, I don't really feel comfortable with you guys traveling across all these regions and districts and flying and spreading your germs everywhere. But then here we go, we got the East and the Central and the West and they're like, yeah, welcome to America. Let's travel everywhere. Um, yeah, so on the NBA thing, we I obviously don't know what's gonna happen with that, um, but I'm hoping that these like little COVID gymnastics like measures they're taking that they'll wise up and be like, okay, let's actually take this seriously. Um, but who knows what's gonna happen? Um, because hopefully no one else has to get COVID for them to realize that this isn't worth it um nhl we're next topic we don't really have good segues today because there's just so much to talk about the nhl is back tonight um and they seemingly i just want to start by saying this we had before literally everything happened we planned to make this week's episode the nhl yes uh, new season episode however literally literally everything happened last week so that's why this episode's really long yeah but i just want to start off talking about the nhl by saying that i had like hopes of like okay what's the season gonna be like who are gonna be some players to watch things like that and then all this nba stuff happened and i was like you know what i'm just gonna cross my fingers that like they take proper code precautions because i just don't even feel like we're in a place where it's like appropriate or like make sense to be like okay who are going to be the key players this season because are we even going to yeah. have a season are we going to get past like game I'm number not 10 really looking forward to the game quality just like i'm looking forward to it starting and then being able to compare how they're handling it versus how mm-hmm. the nfl handled it versus well how the mlb handled it and the NBA. because i think for not for the 2021 seasons of things i think the nhl has a little bit of a better grip on it than the nba does in that they have new divisions in which they're divided by region and they're doing only intra-divisional play. So you're not playing outside of your division. The North division is all the Canadian teams. There's the East, the Central, and the West. Um, Not to be nitpicky here, but a lot of the Central teams are not very Central. Like Carolina is one of the Central teams. And Carolina Carolina is like most definitely on the coast. Tampa Um, Bay, not Central. Most definitely on a coast. But that's yeah. just me. Like, that's just that. Uh, that's just something it's I noticed. like they did that all of them and the central was last and it's like, oh, forgot about that. Okay, guy, yeah, that just guy, throw everybody guy. else in. Um, because I was like, central, hmm. Because it's like, I mean, I think they're like, there's like north, south, east, west is how I think of things. Like, north is obviously the Canada teams. East would be like the northeast because that's where a lot of hockey teams are. West would be like the west coast stuff. And then like, I, I don't know, then you do South, yeah. where you have, like, the Florida, the Carolina, the Dallas, the Nashville. It's very but, like, weird, but... They're central. Um, yeah, so the details of what they're doing with this, like, new let's actually division talk thing. <laughs> so, um, teams in the North Division will play each other nine or ten times, and then everyone else will face their opponents ten times, and that's really because in the North, they're up in Canada, and what... and. Canada, I think, recently came out and said that they are going to be allowed to play in their home arenas at 
originally what they were thinking about doing was using the arena and complex that they used for the bubble because they also did the bubble over the summer like the NBA did. They had one up in Canada and one, um, I am forgetting where, but it was in the United States. So they were going to do that and have all of the Canadian teams there. But so they're only playing eight times because that's like their government rules. And like the NBA, the NHL is also permitting fans based off a state by state mandate basis, not necessarily an overarching thing across um, the league. So I think their realignment thing is kind of cool because it's the most realistic thing to limit travel, which is my biggest tiff with what the NBA is doing right now. I agree with you. Um, and it's like, I, it minimizes point. the travel. And then in reality of the whole thing, it just reduces costs all around for the league. So maybe they might see that this works out really well. Um, so Canada was the only team, like Canada was the only area where those teams had a problem. The Sharks kind of went through something weird in San Jose um, because they put a ban on contact sports. Um, so they were, they weren't sure when they were going to start training camp, but that ended on January 8th. It is the 12th, 13th now. Mm-hmm. So they're all ready to go. So, um, first of all, another thing about the divisions is they're all sponsored now. I don't remember what the names are because I, again, I didn't really read that much into it because it doesn't matter, which is my overarching point of this. And that people are like outraged by the, like them selling the, what is it like the naming rights to the divisions can i just say like what a stupid hill to die on like that is just like this don't like that's what you're gonna like go to battle for of all of the things we are now you're gonna be mad about that come on people give me a break listen i know it was annoying when they put ads on the nba jerseys but we all got over it all right move on with your lives yeah Um, that's the worst thing that's that's the worst thing that's happened to you that it was a good day, then it was a Great good day. day. I'll take it um, again tomorrow. So, uh, I mean, on that, there have been like a few, like, like you were saying with some stuff going on already, but um, the realignment of the divisions, I think, is like an interesting and new, t- new as if COVID isn't only a year old, um, a new way to kind of think about it, like, how do we limit, how do we limit the risks as much as possible while still playing? And I think eliminating the travel, like you said, is a huge way to do that. And like you were kind of saying, which like maybe this is something that works, is that these, the realignment of these divisions is that it's kind of opening up a lot more exposure to some rivalries that don't get seen a lot. Um, and that now all the New York teams are in the same division. All the Canadian teams are in the same division. Um, so there will be a lot of like, it'll be like you're playing the same teams a lot. So that will, if if they even get to a point where they, play through the whole they get to finish the season that will I think add to the quality of the game for sure um again this is all assuming that we can manage COVID and that we get to see the season see the season through um but I do think that the the premise in and of itself is already being more aware of the need to take certain precautions than the NBA has done um Mm -hmm. I still don't think we should be playing sports at all especially Mm -hmm. indoor sports Um, but that's not for me to decide. So, um, Lily. so here we are. Um, there were also some big off season moves. There's a ton of them. I'm not going to like get into all of them, but I think again, like I'm finding it hard to think far into the season when like, we just don't know what's going to happen with COVID and things like that. Um, but 
if they are able to play through this season, I think it's going to be a very good season. It's going to kind of have that like intimate bubble feel to it because they're playing the division so intimately, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's still going to be a full season. So I'm super excited. I guess we're going to see how it all goes. Um, The whole day. This has been a very jam-packed episode, but do you want Jessica to close out with some tweets of the week? Ooh, tweet of the week. Yeah, You are like sitting in complete darkness. I know. Isn't that so crazy? It was literally, if you're, I don't know if if you're watching this video or Slash is listening to us. Jessica's in the darkness. It was completely like daytime out when we started recording this and now it is like pitch black. Well, I was sitting here looking at myself in the in the camera angle the way I always do before we start these shows, and I was like, "Wow, oh, something looks a little weird." But I kind of You're like, really like that? the lighting that I have going. But I know that something is different. And then I was like, "Oh, I know what's different. I didn't turn my light on in this living room, so I was living uh. off of the sun and my beautiful." light that i shine on my face to record this um um okay there were a lot of tweets that i bookmarked in the past week because there was a lot going on me too um so i don't even know where to begin i actually have a good one Okay, you go first, because I'm still narrowing it down. And you have to tell me if this sounds familiar, because I, you, you have to. Okay. I gave it away a little. Okay, so, NFL. We're broadcasting a game on Nickelodeon to teach kids about the game and get the next generation of fans more involved. MLB. There's no laughing in baseball. Was that my tweet? I was a tweet from Lily. <laughs> Thank you. Seven likes on it one day ago. I know, I know. Good for you, girl. Uh... No, that's like I literally just can't help but think about like old men, old white men being enraged that somebody bat flipped, and I'm like, they're literally sliming people in the end zone. Oh, also, can I just please honorary mention one tweet? Oh, that absolutely, made me laugh for a very long time. My mom um, said we should do an episode where we just read Twitter, and I was like, you have like no scroll through I- Twitter and like, just like you feed have us on no it. idea how badly I've always wanted to do that. This is me on Twitter in bed at night. <laughs> <laughs> literally Ew. okay what's your okay what's so your my honorary is you telling me my son dried these tomatoes <laughs> i saw that i like that um okay so, so there here's this is my i'll start with my my honorable mention this was from five days this was from last one thursday 2016 it's only four years how bad can it get and people did this like format a lot 2021 are the armed insurrectionists storming the cat storming the capital a- aware that there is a plague ravaging the land <laughs> i hate it here um okay this is my actual tweet of the week this is, this one is dark too i feel bad that they're not uplifting it was a dark week the, but this one's, this one's funny own it okay doom scrolling is bad but have you seen the quality of the doom this week <laughs> But that's Twitter, though. Dark humor, obviously. On that, thank you for listening. If you listened to this, if you made it to this point in the podcast, first of all, thank you. Second of all, I'm sorry. Um, Third of all, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Throwing Down with Jess and Lily. I'm Lily Caffrey-Levine. I'm Jess King. And remember, guys, it's never just sports. We will see you next time. Stay safe. 
do the right thing, wash your hands, wear your mask, and don't unnecessarily socialize. Bye.